friends, colleagues, comrades, buddies, amigos, amis, janitors. It's my very first Max Fun Drive. I'm very excited. I always felt like uh, watching the Max Fun Drive happen on the outside. Um, it was like this cool club of people who were sort of more in the, like the public radio realm. Something about fundraising seemed super legit to me. <laughs> now I'm on the inside. I got to tell you feels real good to be on the inside. I have known uh, Jesse Thorne, who founded Maximum Fun for almost 20 years. I have known many of the people on its various podcasts for many years. I've been a fan of Max Fun and its podcasts for many years. So it feels like a real priv, sure for privilege, to, uh, to be able to try and raise some money for these guys. So I welcome you to this episode. I welcome you to take into consideration pledging. It's a listener-supported network. Hopefully, we've already made that clear. I am uh, taking this opportunity to ask listeners to pledge your support to the show. Max Fun Drive is also a huge celebration of all things Maximum Fun. You know that. There's going to be a little more information elsewhere in the episode. For now, I want you to enjoy this episode. I do also want to give you as a special bonus, because this is the Maximum Fun my new puppy has, this very creepy stuffed koala that giggles. Yeah, it's horrifying. It haunts my dreams. And that is what it does. I only had to squeeze it once for you to hear all of that. Now I have to give it back to the dog. It's covered in slime. Enjoy. What if your first question was, just give me a quick info on what a podcast is? Yeah, have you ever, what is, a, oh man, oh, I remember uh, when Mark Maron interviewed President Obama and the thing I hated the most about it was having to explain to my mom what a podcast was. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, it's uh, still out, it's still a thing. It's still, <laughs> that is really one of those things that generationally has not made the leap the no. way, because like there are so many people like our parents age who absolutely use smartphones. Yeah. Yeah. Use Apple, like use, you know, see, see, have a smartphone, have an understanding of what little icons mean. And still the podcast icon is just like co- they don't get covered it. in dust. And you try to you explain will. to them. It's like, you know, it's like radio, but you get to pick good things. Yeah. And they just don't. They're like, didn't we stop doing radio for TV? Yeah, we, we did. Yeah. But now we're back. It's like, you know, how, like even I think my dad is he's pretty tech savvy and he has all of his music. You know, I send him iTunes gift cards. He Aww. likes that. You yeah. know, he ba- but again, the the difference between just buying a song and downloading a podca- podcast, I'm like, it's, you know what? It's like a 45 to an hour minute song. Yeah. It's totally. Of whatever topics. Of whatever topics you want to. And they just don't. I just got my parents to understand Netflix and to be like, hey, this is really oh. great. But a movie that just came out is not going to be on Netflix. <laughs> is that the question that comes up? Like, ooh, that sounds good. Now, will that be on Netflix? Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. Not for yeah. at least six months. Yeah. Do and you then- like movies that were going to go in the theater and then don't and then Netflix buys them and shows them there? Yeah. That's different. Do you want to see Sandra Bullock in a blindfold? <laughs> go to Netflix. Oh, the blindfold. Boy, that was like very much the zeitgeist for about a day it it lasted a very short period of time i contend it only happened because everyone was visiting home it was the holiday season and they were all looking for something to watch with their family probably right and netflix probably knew that yep 
because that would not have because there have been a lot of movies on there that haven't been as big yeah i just i think that that was just right place right time. very very juicily timed um you know just like oh gosh what is that new one that i'm in love with russian doll which i have not finished yes great that one is a great series but so many great series fall under the radar and i think that's one where because so many people were snowed in at the time. Yeah. And there was so much weather. Even here, it was like when it was raining and really yeah. thundering. Um, we all it was. It was that to... weekend. It was the weekend of torrential flooding rains yeah, here so where it just never to, stopped. And we all got to love up on Natasha Leona. That's it's never a bad thing. True. It's never a bad thing. Mm-mm. Yeah, that was a real case of <clears throat> the first two episodes felt like they were one pilot. Yeah. So a lot of people I know didn't respond well necessarily just weren't sucked in by this middle of the they were like i'm in the middle of the second episode and i'm just not feeling it and you have to say kind of pretend that one and two are just a pilot episode yeah definitely make it to three you will be glad you did yeah and stay with it no spoils because it's good for you to go in but it it, when you first watch it it's like oh i've seen this before and i've seen it recently before but it's not the same and that's what it subverts a lot of those tropes and that's what i appreciate about it couldn't agree more couldn't agree more now of course you and i met uh officially when i did movie fights yes Mm -hmm. uh and which was very fun Yay. If very stressful for me. <laughs> it, it's hard because we want to tell people to come in and have fun. Yeah. But then inevitably it devolves into yelling <laughs> just because people are passionate, not because right, people right, right. are angry. Yeah. And that's, it can, it can be a lot. Um, I do not compete as much. I like my little chair. I loved your uh, spot. I was like, mm, what Danielle's doing looks like I could maybe get on board for that to be like the gentle encourager over on the side and give some gentle, positive judgments. Yeah. Uh, that sound, that, yeah. That's so much. And even me, when I do the judging, I'm like, yeah. cause I can see the chat and sometimes people, People will be like, what's Danielle smoking today? Is Danielle on crack? And I'm like, no, she's fine. And then <laughs> they get mad at me because it's like, well, you, you're riffing at me. I'm going to riff at you. I'm a, I'm a, com- I'm a stand up comic first. Right. I'm doing the gentle way of riffing when you're heckling me. Right. And then they'll get all mad and it's like, Burr. that's a lot. I mean, making that to- commitment. Yeah. What, how did you, did you have that like sort of trepidation when you agreed to kind of be a person who is, who is present to the live interface because of it it, what the internet sometimes has to offer i'm i have been um i have been super fat and queer and black on the internet for a few years now so there's nothing you can say that's really gonna hurt me fair enough unless it because even now it's a sad statement to have to make but it's yeah but i'm just so used to it yeah and even even the most hurtful ones are so hack they're just so hacky yeah. It's nothing I haven't heard since kindergarten. When it's a good one, I'll laugh because I'll be like, all right, that's a, <laughs> that's a good burn. Someone wrote once, and I think this is my favorite one because it has everything in it. It's perfect. It's a perfect combination of geekiness, making fun of me being fat and being black. I loved it. That's no moon. That's their diversity hire. And I was like, oh, you really like that's that's a really good one. You suck as a person. But yeah, oh, the artistry. That's actually best of the worst. You're the best of the worst. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If this was a roast that I had consented to, it would be the (laughs) 
It's, that's basically what we invite uh, if being in the public eye on the internet, isn't it? It's basically an unsolicited roast. Yeah, I didn't that people, ask for but it. That people then tell you is solicited. Like, no, 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 you're a person and you're on here. Therefore, yeah. you solicited being shit on. Yeah, but of course, if I then shit on you back, whether or not, because I won't quote tweet too often because I understand that when you do quote tweet... You are essentially attention, inviting attention. people to say, hey, watch me dunk on this dude. Right, right. So I really only do it in cases where it's someone who I see in their timeline. They're constantly just being horrible and mean to people. And I'm like, oh, you're used to doing this to people with 10 followers who might not feel good about, you know, who this is going to affect. You're not going to affect me. So I'm going to go ahead and say sometimes when you like sometimes people fight back and you can't just be a bully. But very often I ignore it or I laugh it off because, you know, there a lot of people take their anger out on the Internet or on targets where and again, this is where it's if it's people like me, I don't feel as bad. Because if it's something that I say where you can see who I am, you're paying attention, maybe you follow me, which that is weird. I think, okay, well, these are people who are lashing out at, like, and I'm not a big account, but I'm bigger than not a small account. I'm not like when I started and I had 10 followers, 15 followers, but those people who someone will put something like in a comment thread, just kind of joking around or whatever. And they don't necessarily know that you're a big account or you're whatever. They just kind of, cause I don't have a check mark. So they'll just kind of say things again, I think because they do this to a lot of smaller accounts because they think they know that'll affect them more. That's when I'm like, Oh no, you don't get to do this. <laughs> That's great. That's not That's cool. Great. Cause you need to know that sometimes, um, sometimes it's not going to go like you think it's going to go one way but it's not <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely thank you on behalf of uh, all the little guys out there who maybe are getting you I, know attacked for really stupid yeah per- I, I do it maybe twice a year because I don't you, you don't want to live in that space I don't want to and some people do and I appreciate them but I'm just I'm really trying to make rent and dunking on people all day online does not pay my rent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you Understood. Know, I, I got to go to auditions and stuff. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. 100%. I gotta, I also, I'm just not a person who can. Yeah. I, 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 I get, uh, I get internet fatigue in a way that, you know, I don't necessarily, I mean, I get internet fatigue in the same way that I got office fatigue when I worked in an office. Oh, yeah, like it's yeah. just a sitting down you know, I just have, I don't have the attention span for it. So in that way, I've been lucky because I don't, it's not a big time suck for me, Mm -hmm. but there's also things that I probably could and should do better with and on social media as like a professional human being. But yeah, it's teach their own, I guess. Yeah. I think it's hard because you want to strike that balance between, I want to use my platform for good, but I also have to just exist in the world. I have to get up take a shower, clean my apartment, or at least be guilty that I haven't done so. I have things that I need to do in my life. And so for some people, they can get on there. And I think that that's great. And I will try to get in it when I can get in it. But sometimes I just, I, it's, for me, just being in a public space and being who I am already is kind of radical enough because I'm dealing with all this stuff. I don't necessarily have to take on much more than I'm already doing. Yeah. But I, I'm so interested in what office job did you have? <laughs> As 
sorry because uh, i no, worked no, in no, offices no, no. for years yeah i worked uh i worked in a like a like a buying office for uh kind of a, an upscale home furnishing store in san francisco in my early 20s and then i worked as a project manager for an interior design firm uh around that same time and it was just a tremendous amount of purchase orders and like putting together a book of purchase orders all i remember is purchase <laughs> orders and i remember like i got into it because i liked the sort of stuff of it all and yeah. i do love kind of the idea of like your home is your sanctuary and it doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or a little money there's just things you can do to kind of make yourself a safe space uh and so the kind of idea of that was very appealing and remains appealing to me but that particular job i, I wasn't tell. doing the creative stuff i am stuff. sitting on the comfiest couch i have been on <laughs> in easily months I and so when i, I get you. here uh listeners the first <laughs> I, I go to sit down and she's like you know you can just stretch out you can put out your legs i just want you to feel as comfortable as you can I do this room it's a big is deal to me it's just a beautiful womb thank you that's <laughs> all i'm looking for make me safe everybody yeah. make me feel safe you did it it's great so my mom also um for a while she that was one of her jobs was working and she would you know how costco will have people who there are vendors that they work through and they will sometimes have people who help show different interior design things and things like that sure so my mom demo or yeah yeah so my mom used to be one of the people who would help with those orders and would help like book those people um so i guess as a stand-up comedian i've come from a long line of bookers it's weird (laughs) (laughs) my mom knows how to audition people really well i bet she does i think that's probably why i'm such a good audition (laughs) yeah you're like okay i know what the first impression means and how it works she was the first person to tell me that saying I think I just care too much was the most bullshit thing you can say in the world. <laughs> that's your worst. When well, that's your worst quality, what would you say is your worst yeah. quality? Caring too deeply. Caring too deeply. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, my mom oh, was the God. first one, yeah, to ever roast me on that. When that's when really funny. when I was in my twenties, and she was she was like, "How do you interview when you interview?" And I said that, and she was like, "I." <laughs> And, uh, and then she proceeded to tell me about all of the worst things she's ever heard. Because at one point, when I was a kid, I was so dumb that I said, when someone was like, why would you like this job? And I was like, well, I'll just tell them that I'm broke and I need the money. Because that's why you work. Sure. And sure. my mom said, you got to learn to shave some of that edge off. <laughs> and she was very polite about it. And she said, baby, everybody's looking for this job because they broke. <laughs> you can't... <laughs> Oh, that's not going to set you apart, maybe, in the way that you might want. Because I was like, well, you know, they'll just think I'm really dedicated to the job if I tell them I have money problems. And mom immediately goes, (sighs) (laughs) so many, so many cringes, so many winces, so many sides. Now, what is the accent that you just uh, provided for your mom? Where, where, where is this happening? Well, so my mom um, is, we have a bunch of different things going on. So my mom is... Uh, German and Czech on her on that like that's my Oma and then we are very country folks who ended up in Philly on my granddaddy's side and so my granddaddy and my Oma met when he was stationed in Germany and they got married pre-loving versus Virginia mm-hmm. and so you know they were married in Germany he was stationed there they couldn't bring you know they had uh, my mom and my uncle Johnny and they couldn't bring them back into the states for a little while because again 
not legal in every state for them to be married. Right. And so then they brought Who them back. Who was what? Let me ask that. Not that it's like massively important, but just for context. Oh, so yeah, my granddaddy was military. My granddaddy uh, is a black man. I believe my understanding is I know that we had family um, in Louisiana and other places around, but uh, eventually everyone kind of migrated and lived in Philly. And so, yeah, my Oma is, she is German and Czechoslovakian back when that was such a thing. Right. Um, and she is a very, very pale woman, but do not insist that she is white because she will meet, no, Shatsi. Right, right, right. I'm German. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, no, Oma. <laughs> <laughs> like you're white it's fine yeah um <laughs> i know when you go out to try to tan with us and yeah. she's the best i love her and uh she is my granddaddy passed away when i was a kid um my oma still lives with my family out in uh tacoma washington nice yeah and she's just the sweetest uh i do not know german i know the cuss words i know to cuss someone That's out good enough yeah i know if someone's cussing me out i don't know a lot of german my Oma, because she learned English by Southern black folks who lived in Philly, has the most fascinating accent you will ever hear. Because it's definitely oh, German. Oh, it is. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. Mixed but then you hear some twangy, like, what's going on here? A lot of colloquialisms. That's and amazing. she makes some of the red, best red beans and rice or oxtail you will ever have in your entire life. Very nice. But then she'll also make, like, a nice goulash or red cabbage or rouladen or funnick nurdle or, like, any of the yeah. other stuff I grew up on. Now, from her experience being there, was it any more common for mixed-race marriages or no? Kind of everyone at that time were, was everybody kind of like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, my understanding is beca maybe because of their proximity to the military base. And this is obviously post-World War II Germany, kind of a mess. Um, I'm sure there was some controversy, but I've met, you know, my aunties and my uncles and my great aunties and my great uncles. And they, at least by the time that my dark skinned ass was born, they had no Perfect. problems. They love us. They come to visit um, I have, I won't say names, but I have some aunts and uncles with the most Germany names you've ever heard in their life and they'll come hang out. And <laughs> one of my favorite memories, um, because my stepdad, who's basically my dad lived, uh, he's military as well. He's retired now, but we lived in Hawaii for, uh, like twice. So we did a total of seven years. Nice. And my German family would come visit <laughs> and there's this moment because my oma's favorite movies and i love her any movie where a man dresses like a woman oh. <laughs> any movie it's great it's fantastic it's one of those quirks loves it. it's one of those quirks i didn't realize until i got older because her favorite movies are like some like it hot oh, tootsie oh. to wong fu Amazing. um <laughs> and so, so she sees the through line as well right it's not just like you going like hey have you ever noticed and her going well I, I don't know about that I, I, she yeah she has because we've taken her to drag shows and stuff and she loves it got it loves it got it so that's so darling i wonder where that came from if there's like some you know seminal experience that she either remembers or doesn't remember from being a child where like there's something just very positive about that that you I know delighted it, her yeah i think it might be i'm not i i'm i'm i've always asked but she's always been like i don't know yeah, not to say you need like that not to oh, say yeah, it's like yeah. there's the only way she could possibly <laughs> like men dressing in women's clothes as if yeah no as if yeah. she was saved by a transvestite no that's not a yeah, that, just, we don't even say that yeah i think she's just always been um back then they would have but i think she just always had like a really I don't know. She's always, for me at least, 
you know, we've had gay relatives and stuff and she was older. So when she was older, they didn't use proper terminology, but she was never shitty about it. Yeah. And when I came out, she was super supportive. Um, she's never been terrible about it and she's always been, and I think it's just, she enjoys the, and she would never, she's not going to say this in her words and I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I think she just like enjoys that form of expression. Well, sure. Cause she loves I think those drag gender, and, yeah. you know, that stuff was especially, I mean, like I, you know, come from a generation that like, that's just sort of introduced to you very early on. And it certainly was happening all through Mm -hmm. history um as we know it even just sort of like white history as it's been communicated to us there's still the sort of through line of like women who dress as men for some reason or another most of the time for because they are doing a man's job in some way or at what it's considered to be or 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 men who dress as women because that's part of you know what they're into um right and not even counting obviously like the way that you couldn't super be trans back then so you have to figure out other ways so it becomes this kind of mishmash of like some folks who are trans, some women who wanted to fight in a war or sure. just have a job and things like that. And yeah. some dudes who just really like wearing ladies underwear and that's cool. That's right. And they like to be with ladies and that's also very cool. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Uh, what, and so your mom, but your mom has maybe an accent different from yours. Um, yeah, she has a little bit more of an accent. I have, I, uh, because I think we moved around a little bit. And also, you know, you get that, what is the term for that? It's the, not mid-Atlantic, because I tried that in college. Mid-Atlantic is that. <laughs> what's, what's a mid-Atlantic? I'm very excited about this, because I'm oh, not sure exactly what it so is. So it's that older kind of, oh, well, Charles. Oh, that older movie. Like old, old-timey movies where you're like, you're not British and you're not American. You're yeah, mid-Atlantic. It's that weird you're affect. You're in between mid-Atlantic, literally, yeah. Yeah, it's that uh, the weird affect that you would see in a lot of older movies. And in fact, in A Streetcar Named Desire, that was the way that they differentiated between that character and the other people who lived more in the world. So... And you tried it. I love it. (laughs) Well, we also... Oh, it was bad. Well, I did that in college when I was studying. So I studied um, acting. And so voice and speech was really important. And so we were learning a lot of the differences between ours. Eh, and ah, and oh. And ooh, and all of those different things. Too much glottal in that, and I felt it as I was doing it. Uh-huh. So, but so we're learning the difference between all of those things, and of course, all of us. You, you take on that theater accent, and our teacher would say, "No, that isn't how people talk. Right? Don't do the super theater kid accent. It's the worst." But so when I was doing theater in high school, of course, I immediately was talking about being in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) And in college, oh, God, I was the dirt worst. I don't know how anyone put up with me. I was so pretentious. Wonderfuls, we're going to take a very quick break because, as you know, it is Max Fun Drive. So Hal Lublin, also of the Max Fun Network and my friend in life, are going to tell you some more about the Max Fun Drive and why you, you, you should become a Max Fun member. It's going to be great. Hal Lublin. Janet Varney. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. This is unprecedented. I've never had a, a, a male friend. Let me finish <laughs> because I have had come on the show with me outside of the summer or a yeah. live show just to chitty chat with me. But there's a very special reason that that's happening. And you're a very special friend. Well, thank you. You're a special friend of mine as well. And it's Max Fun Drive time. <laughs> Hell, let's tell these wonderful listeners a little bit about Max Fun Drive. And I want to do that because, of course, this is my first time. I've been doing the podcast seven years. Yeah. Yet it's my first Max Fun Drive. It's 
very exciting. I already feel like I know a lot about it. I want to invite our wonderful, wonderful listeners who, by the way, have been, if they are longtime listeners listening to the show at no cost to them, mm-hmm. for like 300 episodes. I have usually, I use this voice when I podcast, as you very well know, uh, but you know, I've moved over to this voice now that I'm at Max Fun. Yes. I want people to take the opportunity to think back on all the times in the past they thought, well, why can't I support the show monetarily? <laughs> this is frustrating. <laughs> now is the time to pull all those emotions back, bring them to the forefront, know that if you're supporting my show on Max Fun, you're also supporting the entire network and it is a listener supported network which i've always loved yeah i mean look let's be honest if you're listening to this you know that janet varney is one of the most wonderful human beings on the planet which i say i know we're being jokey here we're having jokey good times but it is 100 percent true uh i there's nobody that knows you that i know who does not love you and don't do this right now for the people who are out there I'm listening you. this is your chance it's to give very back emotional. That's I'm getting what, very emotional. That's what this is about. How you, dare you be sincere during a drive? Just, but just imagine. <laughs> this is the only time I'm ever sincere. <laughs> when I go home, the mask goes on. My wife doesn't even know my middle name. Yeah, because you're a cold-hearted person that yeah. no one loves. Everyone feels the exact same way about Hal Lovely, who also has a podcast <laughs> on Maximum Fun. True. True. We got this. What a pleasure and a joy that show is. It if is. you've not listened to that show, guys, I don't know what's happened to you. If you listen to one show, you better listen to the other. Yeah. That's, that's the rule. They're a hand in hander. Yeah. We're, you know uh, what that is. De- deadlock partners. Remember that HBO right. movie? <laughs> Wait a minute. What is deadlock? It's two, pr- it's the future. Prisoners are, are, are uh, oh, late right. to one another. If they get too far away, they yes. blow up. Yes. If you don't listen to both our podcasts, yeah. our brains explode. Yeah. Oh, this is great. Listen, can't have that. I'm so excited for you guys to support the show. I'm so excited for Max Fun Drive now. It doesn't last very long. No. It is like the beautiful purple flowers, uh, the jacarundas here in Los Angeles <laughs> that seem to be blooming earlier and earlier. I'm talking global warming. So not only on a granular level do you not have much time to donate. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with the planet. We Get don't know. on it. Do it. Donate now. I don't know where we're headed. And I do know that the joy that you have in your life probably is due to Max Fun. Yes. You are going to feel very good. It, this is really like becoming a participatory member of the community around the JV Club. That's right. Right? You're, yes. You already listen every week. You love the show. I, I think it's- I hope you do. It's, it's, th- this is your chance to say thank you and really feel like you're helping the show continue. It's super easy to do also. May, may I? Uh, would you? I will. Where can I go? You go to MaximumFun.org. That sounds like a website. That sounds like a website. It is a website. MaximumFun.org slash donate. Yeah. That's very simple. You give just a little bit of information, including your credit card. You set it up. Yeah. It's a recurring monthly contribution. It can be as little as $5 a month. That's like a cup of coffee at a very expensive place. Also, I have it so where I start to enter my credit card number and my phone and computer fill the rest in. (laughs) I have precious little to do. Yeah. Precious little to do. Same. When I'm entering, when I'm paying for something. Yeah. Everything has become too easy. Why wouldn't I have already done it? Here's here's the only curveball. It's gonna. You're gonna be asked what shows you listen to. That's not an informal poll. You have to check the box oh, for the JV Club with Janet Varney. Please check that box. That that ensures that a portion of your contribution, the the lion's share, goes to all of the shows you listen. They will split the lion's share of whatever you contribute. So that is the way you make sure that Janet benefits directly oh, from my. your membership. Check the box for the JV Club. 
Okay, I just want to quickly throw out there, though, that Max Fun Drive ends tomorrow. Yes. Please don't be that person like I've been in the past with some stuff where my heart is in the right place and yeah. I miss a deadline. Don't do it. You still have the opportunity to go to MaximumFun.org slash donate if you have already done so. Thank you so much. It's been so exciting to be a part of this wonderful organization and, and do this Max Fun Drive. I hope that all 25,000 of you have come through. I'm sure you have. <laughs> uh, but oh, if, and, so. if, and if you're an existing member and you've stayed where you are, we love you. If you're an existing member and you have upgraded we love you the important thing is if you haven't had a chance to become involved now is the time right now maximumfund.org slash donate before max fund drive ends tomorrow do it do it where did you where were you in college i went to college at cornish college of the arts in seattle washington mm -hmm. i did not graduate uh, i was told that i was a really crappy actress and that i could no longer do it okay yeah and so they kicked me out after sophomore year and that's always one of those fun things where it's like i know for a fact i'm making more money as an actor than a lot of folks and that's fine i don't it's not like a rubby anything it's just because I still have friends who, you know, you do it and you find that maybe it's not for you. It can be a really hard slog or you find that you'll have your job during the day and you keep it at your passion at night. And that's also super great and awesome and valid. And as um, the lovely Sarah Benacasa says, real artists have day jobs. So don't quit your day job until you can. But it's just always been one of those things that makes me laugh where a lot of us who were either considered to be bottom of the rung or maybe didn't get as far maybe just that you know our haters are our motivators so maybe it was just that thing of well i know that i'm built for this so i'm gonna work extra hard to get extra better and prove everyone wrong uh, listen that's a, a a tremendous trait and i've said this on the podcast before but i wish i had more of that because i was much more fragile than that and so i like had a conversation not terribly long ago Assum assumably on this podcast, <laughs> presumably, I don't know, I'm making up words now, but uh, where I sort of realized that, you know, I, I was like, yeah, I wanted to, I moved to San Francisco and I just had to put acting away because like I, there was no way I was going to make a living there and all that's mm. true. But I finally put together with someone talking with someone else, I've put together that, you know, I was sort of shamed by not being nominated for this stupid award thing that right. like I it's because of the show I was in. It sort of seemed like, well, you were one of the two leads. Why wouldn't you be nominated by your director? And I was so embarrassed and ashamed and crushed by that that I think that was part of it that I was like well I guess I don't need this I don't want to feel like this so I ran away from the feeling instead of going you know what fuck you I did a great job and whatever your reason is for not <laughs> wanting me to or maybe those guys were better in the show than me who cares let's move forward instead of just being like no this seems like a red light I guess I'll you know oh 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 <clears throat> do not get me wrong I spent many years wallowing in pity okay well <laughs> I feel slightly better even oh, though I no. wouldn't want that for you oh no I definitely did yeah. I worked many odd jobs which is great because a lot of them inform what I do now you know I worked for arcades I sold I was the assistant manager of selling video games for a while I did a lot of things that helped nurture because I'd already been a geek. I'd been doing comic books and I loved movies. And it was when I started stand up comedy that which was really on a lark and on a whim. I was joking around with a roommate of mine and he said, oh, that's a bit. And I said, no. And he was like, you know what? Let's do a deal. You just come with me, do an open mic and we'll see how it works. And so I wrote some jokes. Is this here or is this up this in? This was in Seattle. Okay, got it. So I wrote some jokes, 
and kind of looked at them, did some cutting, stressed out about it way too much, put off doing the open mic for months. As would I. Yeah. Solomon Giorgio, who is a hilarious comic, wonderful, hilarious comic, um, writer, everyone should check him out. So he had just started doing stand up and we were hanging out at karaoke and at karaoke we were all because, you know, we we do the kind of really fun karaoke, no one taking it super seriously. Good. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe doing silly dances, whatever. Love it. And so he was talking to my roommate and me at the time and my roommate mentioned, Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to get Danielle out to do stand up, And he said, you know what? He had just started and he said, someone gave me the show to do stand up in and I can't do all the time myself. Cause he'd burned himself out and done every bit of material he had written. Um, and he said, why don't you come and do that show? And so that became my motivation to start doing it. And so me and Solomon started doing stand up together and there was like a crew of about four of us. And obviously some people quit and some people don't. And so we worked together and did stand up and uh, love him to death. He is one of the, I would say, obviously my roommate kind of put the bug in my ear, but Solomon was really, and he continued to be the drive to get me to, to continue doing stand up. And yeah, so he was, he's one of my best friends. I love him so much. Um, and so then I moved here after having done stand up. I was very lucky in that I was doing, you know, I got to open for Dave Chappelle at like a theater, which was a big thing for me. Sure. I got featured in some of the local arts magazines for doing stand up. And I recognized that I was at a point where just because of my life, rent was getting astronomical in Seattle and I could no longer make rent on just and I'm not like a road comic I don't drive and I don't and that's okay not everyone needs to be one of those go from this bar show to this bar show all around the world it works for some people it didn't work for me it can be kind of harder because a lot of dudes don't want to take women out on the road they just want to hang out with the younger dudes who will drive them so they can get really drunk they don't want someone who might side eye them and be like really we have a show tomorrow strap it together so you don't necessarily get taken on those journeys as much as someone who was less funny and less experienced might have. It's changing now. Back then, not so much. And so, But I was doing shows around town and making enough money because you actually make money and stand up in other cities. Uh-huh. Not, not, in L- not in L.A. where a Maria Bamford could drop in at any second for free, so why are we paying you? But you do in other cities. And so I when I looked at rent there and I looked at rent here, I said, you know what? I'm going to have to wind up putting comedy on the shelf anyway and get a full-time job and then start doing comedy at night again, instead of being able to have the freedom to write more and do a part-time. So why don't I just do it in LA? It's time. And I probably should have done it years before. And so, yeah, I came here. It was super hard. I got hit by a bus. Um, cause that's how LA works your first year. That's just how it works. I mean, I definitely want to hear more about that. <laughs> Having been run off the road by a bus while on my bike and slamming into a wall and going to the emergency room, no. I'm with you 100%. What happened? What happened to you? Well, so I was crossing the street downtown and it was like the New Year's Eve Eve. I was getting ready to deposit my check and it was raining. 
I was crossing the street. That's and the already bus, a huge problem, as we know, in yeah, Los Angeles. They are Suddenly, not good at all, it. Yeah, all bets are off. Yeah, and it's dark. And so a bus I was trying to make, I think, the light and was turning left and then hit me. And I woke also, up and I got her. bold as fuck. They do in not, not care. In not an okay way. In this very, like, I know you're not looking out for me and I'm big, so get out of the way. But that's like, not for pedestrians and cyclists. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Especially when you're trying to turn left on a green yes. light. You know that people are walking. That's it not was how it works. my light. Yes. Yes. Now. Did the city, I mean, surely since they're in the wrong, like, was it a mess? Was it, did it get resolved? Were you okay? Um, I'm still dealing with some back stuff. It's fine. I'm working on it. Um, many, many slip discs, other oh, various injuries. It. Like my hip is like not great. It's okay. They did. Uh, we settled. I can't super talk about that. Cause they get sure, really sure, cranky. Sure. What I will say is a lot of people are always like, huh, you meant I dude, I'm not a millionaire. It turns oh, out. Yeah. I wish I had that much faith in the city. <laughs> Right? Yeah. No, like I'm not a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I will have things that I will deal with for the rest of my life. Yeah, you fucking whatever. got hit by a bus. Let's all just like take yeah. a, take a chill for, exa- for, <laughs> for 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 thinking that suddenly you're like living in a mansion and you have no problems. Yeah, certainly. Uh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell, yeah. Tell it to my old MacArthur yeah. Park apartment. Oh <laughs> Did you have? I mean, I had full on like PTS afterwards. Did still you go do through that. Yeah, I still I have do a weird sometimes. thing, and it's. Even even at a crosswalk where it's my light, I take so many seconds to oh be like, God. do you see me? Girl, no, but do you see I me? I hear you. I really hear you. And I yeah. do it with every car. I do it with everything to the point where... Like my adrenaline just shoots so fast. I can't... Before I can even control it, I'm like, oh, I am in imminent danger. And then like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. That was that one time. Yep. This isn't that one time, even though every time kind of feels like that one time. Every time feels like that one time because yeah. you didn't see that one time coming. And that one time you were still doing everything you were supposed to do and it still happened. Yeah. And so even as I'm going, if I see and it's I, I know I shouldn't, I'll be crossing the street and I see someone do that very normal thing where they start to come towards me. I will just stare at them the whole time I'm walking. Like I see I'm like an owl. My head is just pivoting like I see you. I I'm like making eye contact. I know. And I do. The thing is, I do the same thing. And then I realize that that pe- when people do that to me and I'm driving, I feel so defensive and terrible. It's like I don't. It's like I suddenly stop understanding the other side. I'm like, well, why is he looking at me like he's afraid I'm going to hit me? That hit him. That's not. I would never do that. Like to dis- disconnected right. from the version of me who was also side eyeing that person the whole way, going like, I don't know you. You could speed up at any moment. You. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. how long goes this? Uh, oh, this happened. Um... Gosh, when I first moved here, so this was, how long have I been here now? Five years. So this happened in okay. uh, 2014. Yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. here five years since Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. applause, <laughs> applause. And also now that's happened to you. So uh, while we talk about the PTSD, Check it out. also certain things that I've now gone through where if you had told me I would have to go through something like that, I would say, oh, I don't know how I would get past that on right. any level, emotionally or otherwise. And then you do and you whatever it, that, that becomes your reality, just like your reality before was that you thought you couldn't handle something like that. Now your reality is you can because you did. Oh, totally. And that was one of those moments where you know how there's always that thing of people in L.A. are so fake and they're so terrible. Sure, if you decide to surround yourself with those people. I did not. And so the city of L.A. rised up to be kind because also one of the worst parts was that my lease was running out in a couple of months. Excuse me. Water. 
Water. In a couple of months after that, and I wasn't physically able to really go out and look at apartments. And so I was crashing on couches from people who I love and super appreciate. Solomon, gosh, he let me stay. Um, he let me stay at his place. Oh, I want to say two months, something like that. And then I strapped it together and I found an apartment. But he literally was like, bitch, we have come too far. You're not moving back now. Yeah. Yeah. Because was that on the table? Was this sort of like, I could do it because you had just moved here. Was it like, do I just, no, do I just go back? No, yeah. You, I didn't yeah. want to. I, cause yeah. I was, um, I've known too many people who were big fishes or even medium, medium fishes in a medium sized pond, which feels, you know, Seattle is one of those mid-sized comedy cities where obviously you have your New Yorks, you have your LA's, you have your Chicago's, and then you have your Denver's, you have your Austin's, you have your 100%. Boston's, you have your Seattle's, maybe San not so much anymore, San Francisco's, yeah. exactly, yeah. these mid-sized cities. And so a lot of people who were doing well there moved and Los Angeles in the first People used to tell me it's one year. Having lived here, it's two years. In the first two years, it will let you know it does not want you here. Like, it will let you know. You can, you can, you can pick up those signs everywhere if you <laughs> choose to. You can ignore some. You can get swallowed up by them. Yep. Or you can sort of listen to other people and they, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not personal. This yeah. is not. It's personal because it's happening to you. So, of course, it's going to feel personal. But it's like it's surmountable and it's you're not because we all feel when that happens like this yeah. is, can only be happening to me it's, like, oh, but it's also specific to me that feeling or the thing that person said or the rejection that i got no one else is going to feel like you know exactly like i now they it's okay we can all we yeah. can all have bad stuff happen in similar ways there's nothing you don't have to be special in that way yeah we all are like you know one day you're going to look for an apartment and realize that you didn't pay attention when they told you you had to rent a fridge that's a real thing in los <laughs> oh, angeles that suddenly surprises people what a bummer <laughs> um you're going to park your car and not understand how the things work and suddenly you have tickets or you get towed yeah that's a real or thing your car gets broken into which mine did like several times like oh okay this is just something that shit. happens yeah. this is not yeah and then you learn your way around the city and i believe what someone told me and for me it's it's tracked as being very true is that the first two years of Los Angeles is you getting to know the city. And that's what it feels like when it's saying LA is against you. It's really you getting to know how LA works because it really is its own thing, yeah. no matter where you've lived. And it's like, not only is its own thing large scale, but then it's like its own 16 tiny things yep. that you can either be a part of or not be a part of. Because it's a neighborhood city, which I think a lot of people don't understand. We don't have boroughs, but we have neighborhoods and each one is very distinct. And... Then the next two years is Los Angeles kind of getting to know you. So now once you've understood the city and you get to go out a little bit more, and also it's because you've been doing the work, now you're starting to see some of the reward and it's not huge. And then by the fifth year is when you really start getting the stuff that you came here for yeah. in a in a way that's sustainable and that you can start living on. And... So I was very determined. I'm not leaving before year five. I'm going to stick this out. I made a decision. And especially after I got hit by the bus, I was like, well, I can't go back to somewhere where it's raining all the time. Because <laughs> that's what caused this. Yeah. Well, and also uh, because I just don't have the bones for it anymore. Because yeah, yeah. I've got those like, God, no kidding. 
my back does that thing where it's like i can feel a rain coming <laughs> yeah no mind you too i have some like somewhere along the line my circulation is just like completely taking a dive and so when i'm in places that are really moist or very cold like i can't feel my toes so fast yes yeah inside wearing two pairs of socks i'll still be like um should i feel my pinky toe right now because i certainly don't bye-bye i guess i'm in the right place after all this is why people move to florida i ain't moving to florida nope when i get old but this is why they do it yeah that nice dry dry yeah um and so yeah i guess i just kind of determined to stick it out good it's worked I'm in year five and I'm feeling the most confident in my career that I've ever felt. And again, I'm freelance. This could all, at any second, I might have to take some kind of part-time whatever. And and, and there is no shame in that. And I think for a lot of people, they feel that once you made the leap, um, it's hard or it feels very demoralizing to have to go back but that's on that's not. that's our decision to feel yeah. that way or not feel that way i agree i definitely agree i think that is something that it's just well it, it's part and parcel to the whole way that you can allow yourself to look at success in show business which is like as if there's some trajectory or some ladder which there just isn't it's just a bunch nope. of different like leaps and slides and steps and you know maybe you get slingshot somewhere but then like eventually you sort of fall down the cliff for halfway from where you know what i mean there's just like there's no i don't think that there's any kind of like here's the i mean there just isn't it's been proven and for as often as it's been proven that that's not the case Mm -hmm. it still persists because because people because we want to believe that this will lead to this 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 because we want that the idea that we're going to have earned some sort of safety net or we've earned getting to a certain point. Well, if you want that, you're in the wrong business. You yeah. have to be at a different I, business. And, and it's not that obviously this is not me being like school is bad, but I think it's that idea of you work, you work, you work, you work, you get a degree. The degree leads to the job. You work, right. you work, you work, you work, you get a promotion. Right. And it's just not that way here. Right. Um, and it can be because, you know, I couldn't have predicted when I first started doing stand-up comedy that eventually I would get to a point where now I'm being paid to write in a funny way about my other passions, like movies and comic books and all of these things. I'm being paid to do voiceover. I'm being paid to talk about these things on panels and, and do hosting jobs. And that's the majority of what I'm doing. And I never would have guessed that that's where I, where I would ultimately land up. And it's, Um, someone said this once to me that, you know, and I think that he heard it from somewhere, so I'm not crediting him with it, (laughs) but, but, um, the world will decide sometimes where you go and where you end up. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because I, I wouldn't have, you know, um, I always wanted to be a writer. I never would have guessed that I would be now, you know, helping write on honest trailers, which is this thing, which not any time I've been writing for it. So I'm not crediting myself with this, but th- this is the thing that gets nominated for Emmys and I'm helping write it. That's crazy. Yeah. And again, not since I've been doing it. Let's not go. <laughs> let's not go crazy. <laughs> but, Take the credit. <laughs> uh, you know, I will, I will correct someone if they're like, Oh, that was nominated for an Emmy. Uh, but if you want to just think it in your head, you're allowed. Great. But that's, I guess that's just not, I, I don't know what I thought my trajectory was going to be. There was a time when I definitely thought like, well, I'm use, going, your, use your mid-Atlantic voice. 
I'm going to be in the theater yeah. <laughs> because that is where I belong and I'm a serious actress. Oh my. And that's, I guess, what I thought I was yeah. going to be. And this isn't, was it Tacoma that you grew up or was it Seattle proper? Well, I grew up in a bunch of different. Shows. I mean, I know you guys went Hawaii. Where did you, where were you for high school when you were using your mid-Atlantic voice? Was it, <laughs> did you stay in one place for high school or was that still bopping around? Um, so we did, I did um, Hawaii for one year for my freshman year and then Tacoma for the rest of the years and that's when i was uh i lettered in trauma and choir which is apparently a thing didn't know uh, yeah i someone i thought i yeah that was not a thing i was aware of either and i think i might have been handed a letter for like education or something (laughs) like just getting good grades i was like huh I lettered in something. I didn't know. I yeah. My mom yeah. was like, "Are you gonna buy a Letterman's jacket?" And I was like, "No, I'm too punk rock. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it away." That's right. It doesn't Same. matter. Same. The worst. <laughs> I was the worst person. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of where I. I and I want to say specifically, it, it was when I played Joe and Little Women. Was when it really just cracked open for you. The heavens parted. I'm Joe. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. And then um, you know, and then I went to and then that's when I went up to Seattle and I got in the last minute because I was very much one of those kids where the only thing I liked doing was writing and acting and I didn't like anything else. So I'd been postponing um applying to colleges because I didn't want to do anything. Uh I wanted to party. And my mom said, well, you're either going to get a job and pay for rent or you're going to apply to colleges. And whew, my fingers never move so fast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even though I think I was working at that point, but I was working part time at a movie theater. So she was like, no, you're going to get. She a- knew how to light a fire under you. Yep. She was like, you're going to get a job job. You're not just going to work part time at the movie theater and hang out with your other friends who just work part time <laughs> and live with their parents. Right. And I was like, ah, shoot. <laughs> And so, yeah, so I applied to a bunch of schools and I applied to Cornish College of the Arts. And so I got in at their very last two days before orientation, maybe three days, their last audition. And I got in and then I went to orientation, which was my birthday. And um, I was the only black kid in my year. Oh, boy. And I was like, oh, now I know why they had... Mm, auditions so late yeah and so it was one of those things where at first I felt a little eh but I also you know I was in that weird period where I had to like I felt like I had something to prove to myself or to everyone else where I was like well I'm not you know I'm it's not I'm not here because I'm black I'm not here because I'm black I'm not here because I'm black and so when a lot of the other black students because there weren't very many there were more in music and graphic arts and stuff there weren't very many in the theater program at the time and so when they came up and they were like, hey, we're the unofficial because we didn't have any of these things. We're the Black Student Union. Ha ha ha. We're just coming to say hi. And I'm like, hi, because I didn't want. And it, it's yeah. such a it, it's it was that instinct to say, no, I'm good. I deserve this. I don't even want to be associated because I don't want people to. And now I look back and I'm like, well, you dummy, they were there to support you. And it would have been great if you embraced it. But. I was so, I think in the back of my brain, I internalized that I was there because I was black, which I don't, there were other people who auditioned and I was the one that got in and I stayed in and I, but I did, I really internalized that for myself. I'm sure that's very calm. I mean, that's the whole, I mean, that's a conversation we don't frankly have time to get into for, yeah. you know, this podcast episode, that's- but the whole, the, 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 so much is tied up in affirmative ma- action so much. There's, there's just like. 
it's a wonderful little microcosmic representation of the huge mind fuck that can happen and the intentions being this and the outcome being this or maybe it is wonderful in xyz situation yeah. and like nothing's perfect but how do we correct how do we put people in the theater program so that younger african-american women can see that and go it's even possible exactly. like there's so much tied up in that but i know for me even just you know i think for women in comedy too there is a sort of like yes. oh was i hired for this writer's room because i'm a woman and 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 is everyone looking at me and thinking that or am I the only one who's thinking that? Am I going to have to prove myself extra hard? Like, what does yeah. this all mean? And quickly, it does mean, it is one of those things where, hey, a lot of people don't, a lot of the people who got in with me in my year, they went to performing arts high schools because their, por their parents could afford performing arts high schools. I was one of the only kids that was in that program that didn't get that opportunity. And so there is a point where it's like, well, we have to course correct somehow because if people aren't getting these other opportunities, we can do it like this. And I, you know, I don't have an aunt Becky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have someone who's willing to pay, you know, a, half a million dollars for me to get into a school. Oh my God. I still can't. It's just out there. When that just broke, it was just, I was so, there's just so much, again, there's so much wrapped up in that where you just go, we'd, Listen, we as a profession don't need this, guys. Please stop making <laughs> us look like complete assholes. Like, this is awful. This is just so shameful. Yeah. It's like the mafia. Like, and what are you doing? No, no. And what's Lifetime going to do Ooh. now? And, oh, and I saw all of those. And I think that that was really what put the button on it was when, because you can go back and see all of those videos of her daughter saying, oh, yeah, I'm just here for the football and the parties. And you look at it now oh, and you just want to put the Larry date. Yeah. yeah. You just want to put the Curb Your Enthusiasm music and just zoom in on Aunt Becky's face. <laughs> I'd be surprised if someone hasn't done it already. Oh, I think you're dead on. You're dead on. Oh, my God. All right. Let's get back to you. Um, when you came, what, were you disappointed to leave Hawaii to head to Tacoma? Did, when you when you dropped in and had your freshman year there, or you were there and you were there for your freshman year, but you were there from before that? Uh, yeah, so I was there from, oh gosh, uh, sixth grade through what we called intermediate school, which was seventh and eighth grade. Yeah. And then freshman year was the longest place I'd been anywhere, which was four years. Did you feel like you put down roots? Was it hard to leave or mm. were you ready? It's not as hard because growing up military, everyone's constantly in to. and out, yeah. which is something I'm used to, which is something I'm, I'm also getting used to is the idea of, hey, don't get sick of people after two years. <laughs> <laughs> I should laugh because that's a real thing. <laughs> we know what we know and we're used to what we used to. And I totally get it. Yeah. I'm I, very, just, that's just, I never thought about it that way before, but that's really funny. I'm very used to, cause you know, you get to that point in a friendship where you love someone, you love someone, you love someone, and then you get to know all of your faults and they just bug the crap out of you. And so oh, no. in a, in a military environment, by the time they start bugging the crap out of you, they're gone. Bye bye. <laughs> oh, no. And they'll never write you again and you'll never write them again. Oh. And so in real life now you get to a point where Except for, you know, significant others were always the difference because they are the ones who might go with you forever, right? You get to a point where you say you have to accept that the people in your life that you love have flaws and which flaws you are able to, which, like, you love them despite that. And we, it's obviously, it's different with your family um, because also they traveled with you, so you're stuck with them. Yeah. But you learn that, because I have a lot of friends who get on my nerves on the daily, 
but I know that they support me. I support them. And there was a time when I would have just said, oh, bye. And then you have people where it's like, I, I love you, but you're toxic and it's a one-way relationship. All it is, is you dumping all of your stuff on me as though I am your therapist and I'm not able to, and for me, I'm, I have therapy, so I'm really not someone who dumps a lot of my problems on a lot of people. Um, just the few chosen ones, <laughs> but it's where, again, if, 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 if you're dumping all your stuff on me and then I'm not able to talk to you about anything in my life, like the happy stuff, that's when it's okay. You need a therapist. You're not really looking for a friend. And when you miss me, you're missing not being able to use me as a free therapist, and you can, again, you can tell that because when you start talking about your job or your work and as much as we love what we do and we know that we're privileged to do what we do and we're grateful for what we do, in a lot of ways, it's still a job. We still have frustrations and it's hard when you talk to people and you want to talk about your frustrations and the response you get is, well, you should be lucky you're even doing that. And... I am lucky and I do acknowledge that I'm lucky, but everything has challenges. It's work. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think for that, sometimes for me can get really where it's just like, okay, well, I can't talk to you about my problems because you shut it off and make it about you. And then you when talk, I have oh. success, I can't celebrate that with you because I'm not allowed to. So there's nothing we can talk about. Right. Right. And so that's when yeah. I think that that's when I'm starting to learn that that is the kind of person that I have to back away from. Yeah. Um, but I'm still getting, I'm still trying because it, 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 I am very used to just people being like, okay, bye. <laughs> and I don't, and when, and so when people drift away from me, I know a lot of people take it very personally. I never do because right. I'm just so used to it. Right, where right. I'm like, look, we'll be back in each other's orbit. If we're meant to be around each other, we will be, but there's more people. It's LA. Right. Yeah. You're probably never going to have a shortage of the yeah. sort of like, you're constantly meeting new people and you're constantly in that way. I think you're right. You were sort of ready for that on a more granular level than yeah. somebody who kind of, you know, stayed in the same town for 12 years and went to school with all the same people and yeah. stuff like that. It's a more of a shock to the system. And for me, that was the hard thing about moving to Tacoma was that it was when we moved, we didn't move to a military town. You just we, dropped into like, Hey, everyone who knows each other. Yep. Who's been knowing each other all through schooling because I have family out that way. Like that's where I was born in Tacoma. My family is out in that way. And so, you know, my, uh, my, not my stepdad's family, but my, um, my bio dad, Benny, his family is, is out there. Um, which is great because when we moved and bought a house, suddenly a lot of people bought houses around us to be close. And it was very sweet. Um, because my mom is still super close with my dad's family. It's that's great. Wonderful. We don't throw people away, us Radfords. So uh, sometimes we should. Unless unless they're not family, then we throw them away after two years. No, <laughs> no, we don't. We, we, we don't even do that, okay. which is great. And, yeah. and there's family we should toss, but it's fine. <laughs> but so moving into that environment where there were no other military kids, it was just me and everyone had already known each other. And so I'm doing my, have you seen Into the Spider-Verse? Uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, this I is, keep, it's that thing where I keep saving it. And then now I haven't seen it. I'm like, what did I do? What happened? <laughs> so there's this great, and this isn't a spoiler. There's this great scene, two great scenes where the kid miles is walking through his Brooklyn neighborhood, getting ready to go to his fancy private school where in he, this is his first, you know, couple of weeks and being in the school. He's saying hi to everyone. Everyone knows him. It's great. Hey guys, how are you? How are you? How are you? And then he goes to his fancy private school and he's doing the stuff he did before. And everyone's like, 
And that's how it felt when I first moved yeah. because there had been all of these people who had been together forever. And I was just, I felt very square peg round hole. And I found my people. Um, theater? Theater, choir, but like the bad version of theater and choir kids. <laughs> like the choir kids that smoked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like oh, yeah. Those kids. Yep. Yep. Um, I fell in with the ne'er do wells. Yeah who were smoking down by the auditorium and saying, no, we're just practicing scenes. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a fake cigarette. <laughs> no, smoking's good for your singing voice. It's really good for your singing yeah, voice. Yeah, it sounds great. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, gosh, I studied, uh, obviously not long enough, but I studied because um, I wanted to be an opera singer for hot, like a hot second. And my classical vocal coach was like, you've, have to knock all of this off and i was like oh i'm not an opera singer anymore bye (laughs) yeah anything like that that's just this will be your world uh i have such respect for people who can do that but i think you and i are uh, maybe more similar in that you know again i think i didn't know what my career was going to look like either i was just kind of happy to have stuff going on but that also leaves you open to other things and if you are open then you do get those opportunities where you go well i guess i'm not this one thing that I'm the go-to this because that's all I've ever done. And I've only put myself out there as an opera singer. Right. Instead, you have all of these different things, which can be good and frustrating depending on, you know, what you want and where you want to be because you're like, well, I'll do this side project. This sounds amazing. And then that five years later, you're like, oh, (laughs) turns out I was pretty good at that. I didn't really spend any time working on this other thing I was also interested in, but you know, maybe there'll be time for that. Yeah. And, and, at least for me, I found that being in LA and being able to do a bunch of stuff is the only way that I make money. Yeah. Is being able to, I can, I can write, I can diversify, do man. Yeah. It, it, and it's, it's, it's hard. Um, but I do find that because I'm, you know, master, you know, uh, what is it? Jack of Jack all trades, master, master of none. none. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I can do that. I am able to get a lot of work that other people can't. Um, which has worked out very well for me. But there are people here who have just been studying that one thing forever and you're still, you know, a third chair violinist and you're not getting work as a violinist, but you're working during the day. And that is also, you know, matters of luck, matters of who you find. It's, you know, it's just the grind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me dip into, uh, before I get into this mash game with you, the, I, I don't feel like we spent that much time in high school and I, uh, I, I almost feel like we could do a second episode at some point. Every time I find something on the ground, I wonder if it's a dog tooth because the puppy is losing his teeth. I think oh. this is, a do- it might be a shard of dog tooth. Oh, that uh, baby. So weird that they just uh, litter teeth everywhere. Sometimes we think he has something in his mouth that he's not supposed to have and it turns out he's just sucking on one of his own teeth. Oh. So weird. Uh, anyway, so so in high school, uh, you found your people. Did yeah. that include uh, any kind of romance stuff, or was that something that took longer for you? That took way longer for me. Um, in high school, I had, I don't even remember his name. I had one of those, I'll hold your hand and walk you to the bus boyfriends for a hot second. All I remember is that he pronounced Nintendo weird. <laughs> Nintendo. 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 Okay. Was, I, I, I don't know if he was from Chicago. 
Uh, I so he really left an impression because we remember pretty much just that he pronounced it Nintendo. And that people used to call him Peanut Head, and that's not nice. Oh, boy. I, I do remember the first time he flirted with me, he negged me because he came up behind me, and I came from a tropical climate. I'm st- I was still learning to deal with ashiness, and so he came up behind me, and I was wearing just some of those very kind of platformy shoes that were happening at the time, and he slapped some lotion on the back of my ankles and was like, "Here, I'm doing you a favor." And then he, the next day, was like, do you want to be my girlfriend? And I was like, I, I, get, I don't know what that means. Shame on you, Peanut Head. Yeah, Peanut Head was not the best. And so he, yeah, he, we would just like, he would hold my hand and walk me to the bus. That didn't last very long because it was very, and so then I, I broke up with him, I think, after two weeks. And then when I was a senior, I was hanging out with, I can't even, adults, I was hanging out with 21, 22 year old adults. And how did you know them? Where did you, where, where how do you kind of pick them up? If you will. <laughs> a, a friend of mine who it was, uh, she was a second year senior and she was the baddest of the bad kids, but she was also very supportive. She was the mom of the bad kids, sure, sure. but also terrible. And that <laughs> she was the one that would introduce you to all, any drug, yeah, yeah. all drugs. Yeah. And, she met them because I believe she was also, we had all at that point gotten jobs at the movie theater like you do. I think I got mine first and then everyone else was like, oh, wait, did y'all get to watch movies for free a right. half hour at a time? Right. <laughs> so I also worked in a movie theater. Yeah. It's like, how many times have I seen the ending to that one movie? Because I'd uh, sweep up popcorn <laughs> and I would stand in the back and be like, yep, here it is again. There it is. Um, so I we all got those jobs. And so they got, she got these jobs with people who were opening up a new, this was when like I'm dating myself. This is when stadium seating and those things had kind of just come at least in Tacoma, they'd been around in other places. Mm-hmm. And so they came from Alaska to open up one of these theaters. Cause it was going to be one of the first ones. And yeah. And I, I got the, a huge crush on this dude who was way too old and he knew I had a crush on him and he was responsible and wasn't creepy about it, which was great. Nice. His roommate, who uh, knew that my friend had a crush on him, was not responsible and was gross. gross. So gross. You picked the right one to have a crush on, I guess. I picked at least. the right one. That's why I went yeah. to prom alone. Yeah. Did you? Would you go with a group of friends, or did you just like seriously fly solo? Well, I went with a group. Of, well, we didn't really go because prom was on a boat, and Whoa, I yeah, that's a commitment. Yeah. And so I had originally I had a date and then my date did something really skeevy. And so I said, no, we're not going. You're gross. We're not going. <laughs> um, I believe he slept with a family member. I don't remember. Oh yeah. Uh, not one of his, one of mine, because right. that's way worse. <laughs> uh, that's what I assume. But I understand why you needed to clarify that. <laughs> um, and so I was like, no, we're not going. And so when I said that, and I did have a very good supportive group of friends, they said, well, if you're not going, we're not going to buy, we go together or we don't go. And so what we did was we all bought dresses and we all got our hair did all nice because prom was on a boat and they couldn't, they didn't really have room for all the sets and they were worried that stuff might wobble. They took pictures in the auditorium oh, and then hilarious. you would, then you would drive to the boat. So we all just went, had our pictures taken because mom didn't care. All mom wants is the picture. She ain't going to be a prom. <laughs> so I got my picture taken by myself with what looks like the Disney logo behind me. <laughs> and then we took a group picture, um, where at least a couple people were like, there's 
an odd number here. And all my friends were like, hey, why don't you shut up? <laughs> and then we went back to my place where we all got ready because our friends lived a couple, like not far from my place. Uh, we all took off our nice dresses so we didn't get them messed up. We left our hair and makeup because Excellent. we looked really cool. Yeah. Put on jeans and t-shirts and I got wasted for the first time <laughs> at my two older friends apartment but with nice. a bunch of my like high school ladies and it was cool nothing creepy happened yeah um except that one relationship but n- nothing happened to me everyone was really cool people actually were taking care of me because i was the youngest even though i've always been really tall very 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 thick i was the youngest so everyone was just checking in on me to make sure that i was okay throughout the night it was was actually very sweet yeah um because my friends would have went to prom if they wanted like if i would have gone we would have gone and then maybe hit one of those prom after parties but because everything happened to me the way that it happened they all said no we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna get pictures we're gonna go to this place we were gonna get danielle as drunk as she can be without it being horrible (laughs) and just have a really good time so it was that it sounds super juvenile delinquency which it was yeah but also being at prom on a boat is sounds like super juvenile delinquency to me somehow (laughs) like i would it just sounds i don't like the feeling of being trapped somewhere and i just imagine being like oh it's too cold out on the deck so no one's out so you're all inside just like crammed in a clump like a sweaty clump i would just be done way too soon and i would have no way of leaving and your teenage smells yeah it's your many many teenage smells all of them together in one delicious stew oh just a combination of bo and axe and way too much perfume yep 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 don't miss that don't miss that Okay, we're going to take a quick break to go to the show within a show, as I like to think of it, because Hal Loveland and I had so much fun talking about Max Fun Drive. I know you're going to have fun listening to it. And I'm not kidding around. I had a very good time. So I think you will, too. It's infectious. Become a Max Fun Drive member. Listen to more right now. Hal Loveland, we're yeah. back. Oh, we're back to talk about one of my favorite words, gifts. Yes. Also, gifts. I, I'm fine with the singular as well, gift. Gift. I am so excited to talk about the stuff that MaxFun is uh, making available to people when they pledge at MaxFun, MaximumFun.org slash donate. Yes. Uh, there was some very cool stuff. It's not one of those things where you're like, oh, thanks for sending me that tote bag with a pot of flowers on it yeah. that has nothing to do with your organization. <laughs> oh, a VHS with five episodes of Father Ted on it. Thanks. I mean. But they're not in order. Oh, like, that, is like a s- that is rough. Series one, series three. That is very rough. You're yeah. not going to get that here. No. You know what? I'm going to give you. I am looking at Hal right now. He is wearing a brand new 76ers sweatshirt and a brand new 76ers baseball cap. And if you donate right now, we're going to 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, No, 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 no. They can't have them. They, oh, well, then what do mine. they get? And they're not new, but I, I appreciate it. I'm laundering them well. They're very clean. Thank you. Well, I'm fastidious in my clothing. So can we talk a little bit about what people will get if I'm not allowed to auction off your clothing during Max Fund I'll allow it. So just, we start at like $5 a month. $5 a month, by the way, is nothing. It's Can nothing. I just say, for the amount of podcasts I listen to, I would say that I listen to hundreds and hundreds of hours of podcasts a month. Yes. Hundreds. Yes. I mean, that is just like a bargain plus. Yes. And you get bonus content, not only from, from your show, yeah. but from Every show on the network, it's, it's over a 100 deal. hours of bonus content. Everyone at this, can I just say, I know I've said this before, but when I joined this network, every email, correspondence, phone call, text that I've had with 
anyone across the board who mm-hmm. is part of this organization. They're funnier than I am, more charming and adorable. <laughs> They're very kind and thoughtful. You'd think that we were a Canadian organization. Yeah. And I just say, you would think that we were Canadian. We're all very enthusiastic about apologizing before the other person can. Sure. Yet no one's really doing anything egregious. <laughs> this is the kind of support I'm talking about. This is the kind of place that deserves this kind of support. Yes. I would say $5 to me, by the way, very much appreciated and beloved. And thank you, thank you, thank you for maybe giving up that one, like, fancy drink that you would have either in the morning or in the evening. Yeah. Perhaps in the afternoon when you need a little pick-me-up. Save the money. <laughs> donate it once a month to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Yes. Pep up with a podcast instead of caffeine. Let's let's jump it up to ten dollars a okay. month. Listen, I feel very sure that many people can do that. How Again, do you... seven years of content <laughs> at no cost to them. How do you feel about pins? I love pins. I'm do... wearing three pins right now. Yeah. What I have not wearing yet because I only just recently saw it and mm-hmm. I'm excited to put my grubby mitts on it is the JV Club enamel pin. It's a cootie catcher slash yes. fortune teller. You know those little things where yes. it's folded up pieces of paper. It looks like a little origami. Yeah. Stick your hands up in there. You go, one, two, three, four, five, back and forth. You know what I'm doing. It is a great representation of your show, It's very sexy. Designed by Megan Lynn Cott. Megan Lynn Cott. Every pin you have access to is fantastic. Of course, you're going to be getting mine because you're supporting my show. Of course you are. Because I love you with all my heart. Don't be a fool. Let's very quickly just talk about two more gifts. Okay, great. Can we do that? Yeah, yeah. So I I, I know what happens when the... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But like in a way that people can actually understand what you're saying. $20 a month. $20 a month. How about a puzzle? Uh, I love puzzles of all kinds. If you love Max Funny, you want to know what it looks out, looks like outside the window at sunset, yes. which is uh, sounds like uh, a weird thing to say, but it is beautiful. First of you all, get the, the lake. view from this beautiful place is wonderful. Yeah, it it reflects the joy that is inside this office. Tell me about the artist. Is his name Jeffrey Tice? It is Jeffrey Tice. Oh, what a fortunate guess! And it's got a rocket in the background. The Max Fun rocket. Oh man, everyone knows have. the Max Fun rocket logo, which is launched from downtown every That's right. every month. That's right. We have a launch. We all salute it. Yeah, and then we say the Pledge of Allegiance to Maximum Fun, which yeah. we're not going to share with you right now because that's it. I think if you do like a two hundred and fifty dollar a month mm-hmm. pledge, you get your. On I the will rocket. personally write you a Maximum Fun Pledge of Allegiance. Oh right. I will personally pl- write you that Pledge of Allegiance. Right. 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 Yeah. That's at that level. So that you can know you're saying it with the rest of us when the rocket launches. Right. And it's you're on the great. rocket. Oh, they will be inside the You'll rocket? You'll launch the rocket. You press the plunger down. Oh, okay. God, there's so dynamite? many benefits. Is that dynamite, not a rocket? It might be TNT. Don't get on the rocket. It might be TNT. $35 per month. And this is, uh, by the way, I want to point this out. Not only is this if you join, but say you've been at the $5 level and you're doing really well at your job or you inherited a bunch of money from an uncle you didn't know. Congratulations. Oh. Sorry for your loss. But also you can kick up. Uh, if you kick up your membership and upgrade it to from five to ten, you will get the pin and you will get the bonus content. Okay. You get the bonus content if you're already a member. So if you're already anyway, a member, you're not being level. punished in any way no. for upping the upgrade. Ante. Upgrade. Yeah. Let me give you one more gift. Yeah. Here we go. Yes. Thirty five dollars per month. Thirty five. How about a glass mug with the rocket logo on it? The Max Fun rocket logo. I'm in for all your hot give and it cold to me. beverages. Give it you, to me right now. You pick the temperature. I'm not. I can't. I don't have Hal. it here. I can't. Hal. It's hidden. Got to find it. Fair enough. I like it's puzzles. somewhere on the premises. Okay, great. By which I mean the greater Los Angeles area. <laughs> oh, my. I have my workout out for me. Yeah. So now that you're excited and you want to do it, go do it right now. Hit pause Just on right this. Just right now. Just right now. And when you come back, you'll hear the rest of this episode. Yeah. It's going to be great. My dear, I got to get into this mash game. Mash game. Uh, this is, uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and start with... Um, 
you now this can satisfy either teenage you mm-hmm. or it can be this sort of perennial ageless you now but let's give you an alternate universe prom mm. uh give me three people anybody could be a cartoon character could be uh, an actor or actress from a certain era that you're like i want you know this era so and so uh literary character anyone three that you get to spend uh, a sort of a as long as you want of a prom with either endless or one night oh um oh is this the one do i have to do it by m or no no not okay. at all oh not at all oh. no i'm real loosey-goosey with that <laughs> all, all the mash department shack house lives in its own realm and then everything else is up to us perfect yeah. um jordan catalano great uh great <laughs> uh, uh ooh, bojack horseman great 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 maybe it's like an advisor a bad advisor <laughs> And uh, Allison Janney. Oh, great. God, I'm right there with you. What a treat. That sounds weird. <laughs> that sounds weirdly like infantilizing and also objectifying. Don't mean that. Means she's a treat of human being. Uh, great. Okay, next category. Let's do. We'll we'll dive into some of the kind of nerd and geek culture stuff that mm-hmm. you are more, more known for because I know that fans of yours will be like, I can't believe that you didn't talk more about this kind of stuff. So let's do uh, three movies that you can jump into. You're just inside it, hanging out. You're not reliving the plot. You're just in that world. Three. Ooh. Um. Almost famous. Mm. Nice pull. God, that was back when I was like, I guarantee you that Kate is going to be able to do no wrong. Didn't we all think she was going to be the next big thing? And then it was like, what is happening? What is happening? We really thought she was going to be the next big Oscar winning darling. Still, uh, fuck of a career, but man. Um, Ooh, three. What what, what are two other... uh, Break into Electric Boogaloo. Amazing. Forty Year Old Virgin. Great. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Uh, next category, you are. Uh, let's get let's get some superpowers in here. Let's get some comic book superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, you can either choose to sort of take on the persona of a comic book character or you can just have their powers but three different versions of that oh okay i definitely i think everyone wants the superman set right yeah the yeah the superman set i love it (laughs) like it's a desk set yeah yeah it comes with battery sold separately but everything else i can't wait to put down superman set great um what else what's a good one just by themselves or it's hard when you do pick the Superman said, Ooh, any form of invisibility. Great. Do I want telekinesis or do I want to be able to read brains? I think I want telekinesis because I feel like reading brains, you'd start hearing things you don't want to know. Couldn't agree more. I would, I would rather be able to pick something up with my, my thoughts all day long. I just want the remote. Yeah. Listen, it doesn't have to be anything huge. No one's saying you have to lift up a building. You can just get the remote. You're allowed. Uh, Okay, next category, three places in the world that you would have a vacation home, whatever that means to you, Um, whether it's like urban, busy, or totally quiet, uh, if getting there were no issue. Oh, geez. 
the Bronx. Great. Vancouver, BC. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You say BC because people know Vancouver, Washington. Yeah. That's the bad Vancouver. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Vancouver, Washington. I love y'all, yeah. but you know your little Portland. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I love you. And, ooh, what's one more? London. Great. Great, great, great. Okay, wonderful. Uh, let's do You Can Take Credit for something that exists in the world already that could be a one movie that you love it could be a work of art it could be iphones it could be just anything that you're like oh man if i could if i could be the one who did that people would just be like whoa post-its great (laughs) great take credit for the television great cars great listen let's get the big ones out there yeah we're not we're not missing these i mean we're not missing out on anything huge well i mean i guess there's other things that are huge post-its great they belong there too uh okay next category in this alternate universe three foods drinks substances that in this reality you either can't have for ethical reasons uh allergy calorie anything like that throw it all out the window you can have it in perpetuity Zero ramifications. Oh, any kind of dairy. Yeah, well, I hear that. Yeah. Foie gras. Great. And kettle corn. Oh, delicious kettle corn. (laughs) That's a real, like, I mean, I have the switch that tells you you're about to start feeling sick yeah. does not exist for me with something like kettle corn. It, it, I will have to get sick to understand that I should have stopped eating like an hour before that. Yeah, even like regular popcorn yeah, will, will help me do the switch. But kettle corn? Hmm. Oh, kettle corn, yeah. It really is. It's like the perfect food. Damn it. Uh, great. Okay, let's do three. Um, let's do three shows. And it could be from any era that you could write on. I love Assuming Lucy. it's a wonderful experience, yeah. yeah. Great. I love Lucy for sure. Great. Mod. Amazing. Um. Ooh. Insecure. Oh, great. Okay, great, great. Beautiful. Uh I thought I heard my door. Okay. Um, next, oh, next and final category. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure on JV. Let's do. Let me ask you this. What category do you think your teenage self would have liked to have been asked? And then you can give those answers. You know what I mean? Would it be like, what character in what play would you? Um, what is your favorite piece of literature? Uh-huh, okay. And then it'll just be things that I've never read. <laughs> I don't know what you get out of that. It's just like you, you get told what your favorite is that you end up with. Um, you know what I mean? Like, what's yeah. your what's the win there? What's your favorite? <laughs> I was the worst. Uh, um, I think maybe teenage me would say, whose Broadway career would you like to have? Oh, great! There you go. Okay, do you have answers? Uh, yeah, Patty great. Lapone. Great. Yeah, I guess she's done all right, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah she's done pretty good. Uh, Laura Bonatti. Great. And uh, ooh, let's pick one. Um, 
Jeez, because those are two of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it really hard. Yeah. Lynn, my mom, Miranda. Great. Not a wasted uh, wish in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Okay, great. All right. Uh, you know, I'm just doing that little squiggly kind of thing yes, where I get squiggle. what you get. So tell me when to stop. And stop. All right, I got my work cut out for me. Uh, I'm going to pause this. To the listener, it will seem as if no time has passed when we come back with your 100% guaranteed fictitious MASH future. Magic! Listen, we're going to get through this together, you and me, especially because I have the results of your MASH. Yay! Okay, first of all, I got to rip the Band-Aid right off. You did get a shack. It is in Vancouver, BC. Oh, that's cool. I mean that you're just right up on the beautiful water. What do you want? What do you want? Some mansion? No, you know what? It takes up a bunch of beautiful Vancouver space? No. It's you know what it's gorgeous. I can get my portrait done at any point. I can go to Victoria. I can <laughs> go to right. Victoria for tea service. That's it's right. lovely. You're not there to stay inside. You're there to be in Vancouver, BC. God damn it. So I feel I'm glad that you're pleased about that. Uh, I don't know why you only have a shack, considering that you invented cars. <laughs> I'm humble. You're very humble. You're giving all your money to charity. Yeah. Uh, you've also had, and I and I think probably you have some money squirreled away uh, because you've had this extraordinary. Uh, Broadway career. Some might think of it as a Patti Lupone type career. <laughs> um, so you've had a lot of success doing that, but not only on the stage, but behind the scenes, you wrote on I Love Lucy, which Man. is an American iconic classic television show. I'm a genius. I mean, I think you very well might be. Now, I don't know how that reflects the fact that you elected to end up with Jordan Catalano. <laughs> Or does it, or is it the most brilliant thing you've ever done? You know, I feel like sometimes uh, you just want a dude that's going to be pretty and accept your money. That's right. That's right, baby. Your car is red. Also, it's prom, so you can dump that guy whenever you want. You you can either have an eternal prom with him, or you can, it could be a lifelong, or it could be one night. you on that one night or forevermore rest assured you can have whatever type of dairy you want with zero ramifications that's good because that was the largest category so you really uh struck gold on that i miss being able to eat ice cream that's not just frozen yogurt yeah Yeah. or like frozen almonds (laughs) or frozen almonds yeah Yeah. or that one where they tell you that you take the bananas and you freeze them and it's ice cream guys it's not ice cream i don't even think i've done that yet i think i've been like i've got to walk back i'm gonna walk it back uh but yes so in this world unlimited dairy um speaking of getting the largest in a category you also got the superman set holy crap yeah so that's a pretty big deal and if for some crazy reason you want to escape all of that and just jump into a movie and kind of get it all over you and live in it uh you can have many a laugh in 40 year old virgin and that my friend i think that does it yep that covers our mash territory i think you've done very well for yourself i did i congratulate you and your genius i guess 40 year old version i mean for me i think that would mean that my alter ego would have to work in an electronics store that's right nothing i've never done before that's right get your (laughs) get your feet wet get your feet wet uh danielle thank you so much for doing the podcast oh, thank you so much for having me i've, I've really been enjoying these max fun crossovers i just love the whole gamut of shows on max fun uh it's such a wonderful diverse program it's been of really like fun oh wait week is this going up do we know uh it will either be 
I mean, it will be sometime in the next couple of weeks. Will be during Possibly the drive? Even as recently as next week. It might be during the drive. Oh, cool. Because I do, because they did tell me that. I was like, well, I've already been doing this crossover, but I know that that's like a big deal during the, the drive too. So. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so y'all go ahead and hit up the drive. Uh, get them pins. Those pins are so cool. Uh, and also, I just want to, I want to plug for myself. If y'all heard yes. any of the kind of silly narrative Max Fun Drive promos this year, that's me. I wrote those. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Boy, I really got to dip into those because I haven't recorded mine yet. So if I'd known, I could have just like knocked them all out with you right here, right now. <laughs> uh, that people can listen to you on Tights and Fights. Yes. Um, anything else that you would like people to know about where they can find you, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So for um, right now, I'm, I'm always on Screen Junkies on Thursdays. Right now I'm doing Tuesdays and Thursdays. I have been helping to write the Honest Trailers. So you can also find me on Honest Trailers Commentary. But uh, most importantly, if you want to keep up with what I'm doing, find me on my Twitter at Danielle Radford or find me on my Instagram at Danielle underscore Radford. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know how this is done. That was very professional. Uh, I have it memorized by this point. It's the worst. (laughs) Thanks again. And you guys, I will talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.